Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first installment of the Talk the Plank podcast. I am your host, Ashley, or some of you may know me, EMG underscore Abrams on Twitter. This has been a long time coming for me, and I'm finally ready to take the next step into becoming more active in the football verse. Being that this is the first episode, I thought it would be a good idea for you all to get to know me a little bit better. I asked you all what you'd like to know, and I'll get to those questions, but first I want to give a brief background about myself and how I got into football. I'm from a small city about 45 minutes away from Raymond James Stadium in Pasco County. And for those of you who don't know where Pasco County is, it's the county that's on Live PD in Florida. It kind of made us a little bit famous. I'm 22 years old and an EMT, and I'm currently working as an EMS call taker. I've been a Bucks fan for as long as I can remember, and I wouldn't want it any other way. I actually didn't start getting into football heavily until after the Bucks won the Super Bowl. That's right, I haven't, I didn't see the Bucks Super Bowl win until about three or four years ago. I started watching the Bucks more heavily in about 2005 when Cadillac Williams burst onto the scene. He, along with Joey Galloway, opened my eyes to the Buccaneers football world. That's because, you know, I was only nine years old at the time, and the only football I knew was the Jets thanks to my dad. My older brother is the one who actually started my love for the Bucks as a way a bond to bond with him. Every Sunday was a chance to hang out with him and eventually it turned into me falling in love with the game. It turned into a tradition every Sunday that I'd watch the games with my dad and my stepbrother. And it was a day- all-day affair. By 9am we were in front of the TV watching the pregame shows on ESPN and on the days the Bucks and the Jets didn't both play at 1pm, we were on the couch until almost 8pm watching them back to back. The only problem was, I didn't exactly know what was going on, so I started studying. Soon I was learning who played what position, who hold what stats. I watched every single game possible so I could learn more. It didn't matter if it was the Bucks or the Jets or some other random team. I just wanted to learn the game. Eventually, I was the one telling my dad and my brother who was hurt, who did what, who wasn't playing, got into fantasy football... And it just became a passion of mine. Some people like to fish, some people like to paint, and I liked football. I even played it time to time with the kids in the neighborhood and practiced until I could throw a spiral. I was wanting to be a running back like Cadillac Williams. I wanted to throw the football like Tom Brady. I even played Pied Park flag football every year during high school and every year during homecoming week in high school. I played quarterback, running back, and defensive end. (laughs) A lot of you have asked me, you know, why the Bucks, And not only from my older brother, but from, you know, living in Tampa, being so close to the games, there was only really two channels for football during the, the year, and that was CBS and Fox. And being in Florida, you only had three teams to watch, and it would either be the Dolphins always on CBS or Jacksonville, and the Bucks were always on Fox 13 because you're so close to Tampa. So every Sunday it was, okay, the Bucks game is on. So, you know, eventually after repetition you start learning to like the game and you start learning the players and you grow an attachment to them. It's just, I can't explain how the football kind of changed me, but being able to talk football with anybody and them, you know, kind of be shocked and look at you like, well, you're a female. How do you know all this? Like, you watch this much football? You like the game that much? 
And it's like, yeah, I love the game of football. I still watch every single game that's on TV. It doesn't have to be the Bucks. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to even do with the NFC or if it's any relevance to the Bucks. It's football. I still watch the AAF like it is now. It's football. To me, it's it's a passion of mine. I would love to turn a career turn turn my love for football into a career and make it something that, you know, I could make a living out of, but even if I didn't, it's just still something I'm so passionate about. And I think that the integration of more women in football kind of has boasted my confidence in talking about football and just, you know, voicing my opinion on football and how things have been going with the team and, you know, I talk all the time with some of you on Twitter about the moves the team is making or these players and that players and discussions with other people, other other fans from other teams and you know you can have your 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 banter about your team or this player and that player but it's definitely been an experience for the past maybe five or six years where I've taken my love for the game and put it into into writing like some of you may or may not know I do write for two media outlets one being all things have Bay bucks um, and my team there and I also write for NFL fan blitz and I've taken my knowledge and passion and everything I've learned and, you know, the time I've put into the game and put it into those articles, I take my writing and my my words and my discussions with, with everything I have in me, I put all of myself into all of that. And that's what I kind of want to do with this podcast. I kind of want to take this and make it into something bigger. I want to take this and make myself a voice in the football community that's, you know, known and trusted and appreciated and respected. There's not a lot of women still now who talk football the way some of the women I do follow talk the football. It's not a common practice for women to have a, a football podcast. It's not a common practice for women to be debating football. There's No, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of females on broadcasting networks like ESPN now and and Sports Center, and that's a an amazing thing to see. I would love to be the type of person who could be an NFL analyst at some point. But this is, you know, the next step for me. I want to be part of that integration of having, you know, the stigma of oh, women don't watch football, women don't like football, go to rest. And I've heard a lot, and enough about you know me kind of wanting to take this football for the next level for both myself and for women in general. You know, there's a lot of people who've been talking about, oh, there's a lot of podcasts out right now about the buck, which is true. I think there's about 20 to 30 different kinds of podcasts. But with the podcast, what I want to try to do for you guys is I want to have something different. I want to give you guys, you know, film breakdown on Saturdays. And a, a game preview, a post game pre, uh, post game breakdown on Mondays. You know, take your questions on a, a Wednesday or Thursday and go from there. What I did last year when I started writing was I, I broke down a bunch of film. I downloaded the NFL Game Pass and broke down film from about thirty games. Obviously, sixteen of them being against you know being the Bucks, and another handful of games where they were just amazing plays or hard-nosed football in the trenches or there was a high-scoring game. I wanted to break down that film 
and kind of understand even more. Because everything I know about football has been self-taught. No one sat me down and was like, oh yeah, this is a quarterback, this is a wide receiver. It just came from from hours and hours of studying film. And that's why, you know, this is this is something big for me because not a lot of people put in the kind of work ethic it takes to really make a podcast something more. Like, this isn't just a pastime for me. This is a passion. This is what... This is what makes me happy, talking football and and just being, you know, having these discussions with you guys makes me unbelievably happy. And I hope it's something that I can continue to do for years to come. Okay, now that we got the brief introduction about myself and how I got into football out of the way, I'm going to be answering some of the questions you guys sent in to me. And I just want to take a second to thank all of you who took the time to send me in questions and, you know, wanting to learn more about me and are just supporting me on this new journey. You guys don't understand how much that means to me. It means the world and I'm I'm so happy that so many of you have, you know, had so many good things to say about this and I just, it, it, it just blows me away. Alright, with that being said, first question I had is, how did you become a Bucks fan? And I kind of touched on this earlier with my brief introduction and about me, you know, but I'll, I'll boil it down to it was fate <laughs> with the Bucks being on Fox 13 every Sunday. It kind of made me like them and I have no complaints about them. They're my team. They're my team to the day I die and, you know, I, I'm so happy that you know, I found them when I did. Okay, next question. Have you seen the all or nothing, the Arizona Cardinals, to get excited about Bruce Arians? I indeed have seen all or nothing with Bruce Arians and the Cardinals, and it was an amazing docu-series behind the scenes of their season when Bruce Arians first became their head coach and they turned the program around from 5-11 and to 11-5. and It showed, you know, Carson Palmer, rookie John Brown. It showed, you know, their defense when they were ball hawks. Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson. If you haven't seen it, it's on HBO. And it's amazing. And it's an amazing season. It's an amazing docuseries that kind of, you know, gives you a look into what we'll be seeing as Bruce Arians... You know, as Rosarian starts taking this team over, you know, what we can expect him to be like around the players. And what I've gathered from that is he's a no-taking-shit kind of guy. He's a more dish-it-out-and-see-if-you-can-take-it, see-if-you-can-hang-with-the-big-boys type guy. He's definitely going to whip this team into shape. I think he's going to be what the Bucks have needed over the past couple of years. But I'm definitely excited to see what he can do. Okay, the next question comes after one of you guys actually made the discovery that my birthday is in the next month. Um, it's on April 2nd, and this next question is, how will you celebrate your birthday? Um, unfortunately, my birthday falls on a Tuesday this year, so I'll be at work. <laughs> I'll be taking EMS calls, um, 911 and non-emergency calls um, from 12 to 8, and then I'll probably come home. Or maybe go out to dinner or have a little get-together with my friends like I have the past couple of years. Um, I'll be 23 this year, so there's not really a, a, a much, you know, much, nothing to really celebrate, you know, getting another year older. <laughs> Nobody likes you when you're 23, you know. 
Okay, next question is, have you always been a Bucks fan? Now, this one's a little tricky because there is picture proof of me in Jets stuff when I was a baby due to my dad. You know, those pictures your parents would, you know, put you in where you had that backdrop and you were dressed up and they had you did poses. Oh, yeah. That was me. And, um... But yes, once I was old enough to start understanding football and get more into it and make my own decisions, yes, I have been a Bucks fan always. I will always be a Bucks fan to the day I die, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what happens. That is my team, and I am happy to stay that way. Okay, next question. Who is your favorite football player? Well, if we're talking all time... Hmm. Defensively would be Sean Taylor, and, you know, I know what you're thinking. If you only got into football in 2005, you know, Sean Taylor was only alive for, like, another year or so. What do you mean? And when I started getting into football and started really watching it and studying tape and all that, Sean Taylor was that player coming out who was just tenacious, hard-hitting, gave 110% on every play, you know, let... He let people know that he was there every down. No matter if he was in the play or not, you knew Sean Taylor was on the football field. And you know that if he got past somebody and you were he was the last person left, that you were going to have to go through him. And, you know, that kind of intensity and just love and passion for the game is something that, you know, I can relate with. So, defensively, all-time, Sean Taylor is my guy. Offensively, all-time would be Randy Moss, um, just because he was the type of player who would run his mouth and, you know, smack talk, but could also go out there and back it up. He was the type of guy that would let you know, you know, hey, I'm here, I'm going to do what I want to do, and there's nothing you can do about it. He's kind of the same way with Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson and Randy Moss, for me, are kind of the same, the same, you know, for all time, just because they would talk, 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 talk your ear off, and then beat you on the field, and there was nothing you could do about it. And not only that, but just it, it, just watching them play was a work of art. The way that Chad Johnson's feet, Chad Johnson's feet work was footwork is just incredible. It was something to be seen. It was something to marvel at. Even now, he has some of the best footwork in the league. Not in the league, but you know, in in the world, you watch him. You know, watch these videos of him playing soccer or just training and working out. And it's amazing. It's unlike anything you've ever seen before. And it's something that, you know, you you won't see in the league anymore. You don't see that with these players. The person I think that has the most, you know, resemblance to his footwork is probably DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins has the way he can just contort his body and make himself stay in bounds no matter if the ball is, you know, all the way outside and out of bounds. He'll lean out there and still grab it and his feet will be down. It's something that's just unbelievable. And I think it's taken for granted just how many times he does it. Just some of the, the catches, that the hard catches that he makes, you just, you don't marvel at as much because it's just so common for him. Buccaneers wise, my favorite offensive player is gonna be Mike Evans. And I know he's a top five receiver or you know, in the discussion to be top five, he's a star wide receiver for the Bucks. But it goes more beyond that for me. Just because of the type of man that Mike Evans is, he goes out of his way to provide for the community, to provide for the city of Tampa. Um 
you can see the Bucks sometimes post social on their social media some of the things that the players do off the football field. And all the Bucks players are very, very committed to the community, and that's also a big reason why I'm such a big fan of them. But you know, the videos that I've seen of Mike Evans, you know, supporting the community and, and doing things with the kids, just the way he gets so excited to just you know to be around these these children and the people of Tampa and just the joy he gets from seeing them so happy and you know the way the kids look up to him it's just it's something that the city itself needs the city itself needs players like that that are going to give back just as much as they put in you know what I mean so you know, Mike Evans is, you know, both an amazing football player who, for his size, is a freak. You know, he has that sneaky fast speed. He catches any and everything. He's got that that wingspan to catch anything. He's a relatively healthy guy, knock on wood. You know, he's been the the one in everything for the Bucks offensively before, you know, the emergence of O.J. Howard and Chris Johnson. There was Mike Evans in 2020. Uh, 2014. Before even Jameis, you know, Mike Evans started the Buccaneers' climb in offensive rankings. And he's gotten better every single year, and I think he's going to be one of the greatest when everything is said and done. Defensively, um, I don't think this will be much of a surprise to anybody. Um, Levante David would be the pick for me, just because of not only, like I said, the same with, uh, the same with Mike, you know, how good he is on the football field, but the type of man he is off the football field. You know, Levante David works a lot with big brothers, big sisters. He gives a lot back to the community. He's a very soft-spoken guy, but he's a leader on the football field. He commands the defense. He's always in the backfield. He gives every ounce of what he has every play. Even when he came into the league in 2012 when the Bucks weren't doing so good, the Bucks haven't had a lot of winning seasons. You know, he's given his all you know, the scoreboard doesn't matter, the record doesn't matter, he's going to give it his all. He wants to be great. And with, you know, almost 145 plus tackles in the last five seasons, he solidified himself as one of the top linebackers in the league. And, you know, just the heart of that defense, along with Quan Alexander, you know, they are the top, you know, one of the best linebacking corps in the NFL in my eyes and it's not just because you know I'm a fan of the Bucks they just they have solidified themselves they've proven themselves to you know not only us as fans but as Bucks fans I mean but you know fans all over the place and I think Levante David is a very soft-spoken player in the fact that even though he gets no recognition you're never going to see him complain you know you don't want someone who <clears throat> you don't want someone who's a diva and, you know, only things about themselves, he's always thinking about the team. And I think that's, you know, something that the Bucks need more of. They need more players like Levante David, Mike Evans, you know, JPP, you know, Carl Nassib. Players that always have that motor going and they don't care what the scoreboard says. They're going to give you their all always. Okay. Next question. Favorite go-to restaurant in Tampa? Well, like I said, I don't actually live in Tampa. I live about 45 minutes outside of Tampa. But when I do travel down there to, you know, go out to eat, I'd have to say Cheesecake Factory. Because one, obviously cheesecake. <laughs> their cheesecake is to die for. And salted caramel cheesecake to be more exact. But their cheesecake is to die for. It's some of the best I've ever had. 
Um, the atmosphere there is amazing. Their food is incredible. Um, and you're right near, you know, the shopping plaza where you can do more things after that. It's just, I enjoy it. But more, I think a, a go-to restaurant down here where I live about 45 minutes away would probably be about Texas Roadhouse because their rolls are amazing and so is their cinnamon butter. Can't get enough of it. Okay, my favorite rock band. Okay, I don't listen to a lot of rock music, but if I had to pick, um, I'd probably say The Killers or Blink-182. I listen to them still to this day, even though they're, you know, came out when I was younger, like I said. Um, I'm more of a hip-hop person, but The Killers, Blink-182, A Day to Remember, um... Those are, you know, bands that I still listen to on the daily and what I kind of grew up on. Okay, and favorite hip-hop artist. Um, all time. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, oh, you know, Biggie and Tupac, but they were both kind of gone by the time I started being old enough to listen to that kind of music. Um, one of the artists that I really grew up with was Eminem. You know, he would be playing throughout my house every single night before I went to bed. And, you know, he was someone that was just arriving onto the scene. And he was that I don't care what you're going to say or what you can tell me kind of attitude that was kind of like, yeah, he's a bad boy. <laughs> so, but, um, currently favorite hip hop artist is going to be Travis Scott. Um, I like his style, even with the auto tune, um, it's just something that I can get hyped to, something I listen to when I want to, you know, get, you know, hyped up or whatever. Um, honorable mentions probably Kid Cudi, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Um, all of them make really good music. I think these new rappers are absolutely terrible. I can't listen to any of them. People like Trippy Red, Little, Little Xan, um... Blueface, I can't listen to them. They're absolutely horrible. Um, I believe in more, you know, message hip-hop, message rap. People like, like I said, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. That's the kind of music I listen to, the hip-hop I listen to. I feel like that's more real rap um, than this new stuff. I just can't, can't mess with it. Okay, next question. What made you stick with the Bucks? I mean... I fell in love with the team. I fell in love with the players, the community, the just the the culture in Tampa. Before it became, you know, a losing culture, there was in Tampa Bay like football games were the one thing Tampa had before, you know, um hockey became a real big thing again in Tampa and like everyone now says Tampa's a hockey team and it is. Tampa could be a hockey city, it's fine, but the Bucks are also there. The Bucks were there first. And, you know, before the Lightning started being good again, the Bucks were really the one thing in Tampa that brought the city together. And it was always, oh, did you watch the Bucks game this weekend? Oh, yeah, I watched the game. Oh, yeah, Jeff Garcia did really good. And, oh, yeah, oh, Joey Galloway, this, this, and that. So it was, you know, it's just being 45 minutes away, it was really, you know, a sport that kind of brought you know, the team together, the city together. And the Bucks, I think, are just a very underrated team. The underdog story, they've always been since Super Bowl. Since after the Super Bowl, probably about 2007 and on. They've been the underdog. And I think 
Um, they're going to shock some people this year. I really think it's going to be something different. Um, <laughs> this next question is probably my favorite one that I've gotten. Um, where do you stand on beans in chili? And I'm very sorry to report that I actually don't like beans. I don't like brown or or black beans or pinto beans, llama beans. It doesn't matter. I will not eat them. I don't eat refried beans at Taco Bell. I just don't like them. <laughs> chili by itself is very good, though. I will say that. I do like chili. But no, beans and chili, beans in general, don't need to be a thing. I'm sorry for all of you who love beans and rice, but you gotta count me out on that one. Alright, my final question for this will be, do you think the Bucks will have over or under nine wins? This is a tough question just because of how soon it is into the offseason. We haven't seen a lot of the players who will be back, who's going to be in addition to, and, you know, how Jameis is going to proceed now with a new coach. Um, this is recorded before the new season. This is recorded on Sunday. Um, tomorrow starts the tampering period at 4 p.m., and then on Wednesday will be the free agent signings. Currently, the Bucks have, I think, the least amount of cat space with 1.4 million, and, um, you know, we haven't seen any cuts yet, but I think if we can add a free agent cornerback, a free agent wide receiver to replace d if he's let go or traded, and maybe an offensive lineman or something like that, the Bucks will be in really good shape. You know, some people will say that, oh, well, you know, we needed to draft a cornerback, but you want someone with experience in that backfield. The The defense is very young. Um, you're going to have Carlton Davis, who's going to be coming in his second year. VH, v, uh, Vernon Hargraves is going to be coming back from, you know, a shoulder injury. He's going to be in his third season. He's going to be the nickel guy. You need someone to replace Brent Grimes, who kind of just talked himself and played himself out of a, a roster spot in Tampa Bay. After he decided that being the highest paid cornerback on the team wasn't good enough to shadow the best, the team's other best receivers, you know. Which is still hilarious to me, but um, he'll be gone. You know, you have two budding safeties in Justin Evans and Jordan Whiteside. I really love the way they play. They're both hard hitting. They both go after it. They're not going to, you know, sit back and let you take what you want. Um, but I definitely think a veteran presence, like Bruce Arians has said, is needed. Um, but I think there's been a lot of speculation of maybe Tyron Matthew coming in. I think the Bucks can get it done. I know a lot of you are very, you know, getting kind of anxious that there hasn't been anything done yet on the Bucks' forefront. But I think something is brewing in Tampa Bay. I think there's maybe a trade going to happen or that Bruce Arians and Jason Light are just keeping it very hush-hush until at least tomorrow. Um, when the tampering period begins or before free agency begins, the new league year. But I definitely think that um, a couple of additions will help this young core in the defense a lot. Levante David, whether or not Quan Alexander comes back, will still be the you know the heart and soul of the defense. If the Bucks can maybe draft a guy like Devin White with the first the fifth pick or trade back and still pick Devin White would be the best way to go. Or even if they stay at five and take, you know, one of the top defensive linemen like Quentin Williams if he falls back. Josh Allen if he falls back. You know, there's a lot of options for the Bucks right now. They're on offense. They're set. I really do truly believe that an upgrade in the offensive line, maybe at, 
you know, right guard or right tackle will really help the running lanes get set more. And I think that with um, the offensive line coach now being switched out will really help the team improve the run game. Peyton Barber, I think, should come back. I truly believe he can be a starting running back for this team and could be, you know, starting starting running back material. A lot of you disagree with me about this, but if you watch him on tape, he has what it takes. He just needs confidence. He just needs help with the running lanes. Um, I think the addition of Andre Ellington is really going to help with the pass catching. I think he can groom Ronald Jones, who only had 23 carries last season. You can't judge a guy off of 23 carries, you know. That's about one game's worth of carries, and that that was through a whole season. I think um, Bruce Arians will be able to groom him into something, into someone that will be, you know, mirrored off of what he did at USC. He has the speed. He has the agility. He has, you know, the power to shed tackles. He just needs to be groomed into that NFL running back. Wide receiver-wise, I think we're set. Even if the Bucks get rid of Deshaun Jackson and don't sign a free agent wide receiver, um, Bobo Wilson and Justin Watson are very good additions. I think they will help a lot in that position. I think they both have a unique skill set. Justin Evans is a little bit of a bigger guy, kind of like a Mike Evans 2.0. Bobo Wilson is a very fast wide receiver who we've seen flashes of last season, but I think given the chance, he can be that other wide receiver in the slot. So, I mean, I'm just trying to explain a little bit before I make this prediction because I want you guys to see where I'm coming from before I say this. You know, coming off of 2-4-12 and and in a 5-11 season, you think, oh, you know, maybe another five, six games, but I truly believe with this new regime and with this new team, with this new coaching staff, with these new additions, with cutting some of the dead weight off the team, that the Bucks can win at least nine games next season. I'm going to go with the over. I think that the f- absolute floor for them would be seven games, and I think the ceiling could be as high as 11 games, but I'm going to go on record and say that the Bucks win at least 9 games next season, if not 10. I'm going to go between 9 and 10 wins. And it's a very bold prediction, I understand that. I know we're very new into the season, we haven't even snapped the ball yet, but I have faith in Bruce Arians and what he's been able to do in Arizona and what I think he'll be able to, you know, carry over into Tampa Bay. And with the talent he has, there's no reason why they shouldn't win. There's no reason why they shouldn't win football games next season. They finally have a kicker in Cairo Santos who's been consistent. You know, they might go out and sign Matt Bryant. They might go out and sign, you know, Connor Barth again. Um, It's just, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. I think we'll know more towards early August where this team is at, really. Are they pretenders? Are they contenders? Do they have a shot to really, you know, flip the script and right the ship? Like, do they have what it takes? But from what I've seen so far, what I've seen on Bruce Arians, the investigating that I've done, I think this can be something special in Tampa Bay. And I really hope it is. Because the city deserves it. These players deserve it. These fans deserve it. You know, it's time for a new era in Tampa Bay. And I think the atmosphere has been somewhat changed. I think people are more excited now. You know, the past two seasons there was, you know, optimism. But there was also, you know, some skepticism. I think there's more excitement because I know there's someone that knows the game of football and knows they can get it done. 
Alright, really quick before we wrap up this first episode, guys, I just want to talk about a couple of the free agents I believe the Bucks should be looking at and could possibly sign. Free agency signing starts Wednesday at 4 p.m. That's the new league year. Monday at noon starts legal tampering. A couple names I've been floating around out there that the Bucks should look at. Um, obviously, Tyron Matthew has the history with Bruce Arians. John Brown and Dion Buchanan, linebacker and wide receiver respectively, both have ties to BA and could be huge additions. There's also some pricier options, possibly a trade for Patrick Peterson um, would really help solidify that cornerback position. Maybe even sign a free agent O-lineman, but I would not be expecting any huge splashes. The Bucks have not made any cuts yet, and it would take a lot, a lot of moving pieces. I think we're in for more reloading, like Bruce Arian said, and not rebuilding. The Bucks aren't going to be doing a very big overhaul. They believe, and I believe this as well, they can win now. Alright guys, that'll end this first installment of Talk the Plank Podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to see what I have coming up. I'm so excited to get some of you on and talk to a couple other sports teams fans. It's going to be big. It's going to be great. Alright guys, until next time. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.